Hello, everyone, and welcome to Being a Coach Podcast. I am your host, Coach E. And for episode three, I'm going to be talking about women in coaching. And to help me with this topic, I have head coach of Tyler Junior College, Coach Trina Hoard. Coach Trina, how are you doing this morning? I'm good. How are you? Oh, I can't complain. I woke up, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, with everything going on, when you wake up on this side of the grave, it's a good thing. Yes, ma'am. And uh, before we get started, Coach, I just wanted to tell you, thank you so very much uh, for agreeing to do this interview with me. You're welcome. You're welcome. That's good. Now, before we get started um, with our Q&A, can you give our listeners um, some information on your on your background? I, let's see, I'm a small town girl. I came from a small city of Grapevine, Texas. I went to play basketball at Stephen F. Austin State University, uh, where I was an All-American. Had some really good success there. Um, Went over to Barcelona, Spain and played a little pro ball for two seasons. Came back, worked for Tyler Junior College for approximately one month and then got hired at the University of Arkansas. Stayed at Arkansas for four years under the tutelage of Gary Blair, where we went to a Final Four and we won the WNIT two different years. Um, And then I got the job here at Tyler Junior College in 2000, and I've been here ever since. I'm about 47 wins from 500, and I just feel like I've been blessed and highly favored through a little orange ball. Oh, wow. That's that's great. So you're a homegirl from Texas then, huh? I am Texas born and bred. <laughs> That's cool. I didn't know you worked for um, Coach Blair. I, I did. I, oh, play, wow. I played under Gary at Stephen F. Austin my first three years. And okay. then he went to University of Arkansas. And then I coached with him at Arkansas for four years. Wow. That's fantastic. So, Coach Trina, what made you decide to get into coaching and working with our young women? It really was an accident. I never wanted to be a coach. I had no desire to be a coach. I went to college. I got my master's in counseling. My plan was to work with children, abuse children. But God had something different in store. While I was getting my master's, the lady, Leanne Riley, that was here at TJC asked me, while you're doing your internship, come over and be my assistant coach. And I came came over and did that. And Gary Blair at the time needed an an African-American female on his staff because he hadn't had one. And so they called me. I said, I really don't want to coach, but I'll go try this thing. And they offered me enough money to say, hey, you know, I'll try this coaching thing. And so I was able to do that and finish my master's, finish my internship with my master's and Loved it. I loved what I was able to do with the kids and with the girls. And I didn't know I really wanted to stick with basketball until that happened. Okay. So for when Gary Blair, you said he needed an African-American coach on the staff. Was that because of Title IX or just, just something that the school wanted or he wanted? I think it was more him than anything. He, You were moving into back then. We're talking about I went there in 96. You were okay. moving into a time where Teams were having diverse players on their team, and they wanted a diversity in coaching. There was starting to be that push for diversity and minorities in coaching. If you're coaching a team and it's 60% African-American, but you don't have anyone on your staff, I felt like that's what Coach Blair was doing at that time. And so – Go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. That's it. Okay, so he was like, okay, so he was a little bit ahead of his time, you know, on, on in that aspect. Then, 
Uh, he was. I, I would say he'd be in the middle of his time. He probably was a couple of years short on it. But you know, he, <laughs> he went with the times. Right. Exactly. And you know, Coach Trina, one of the my sticking points when it comes to coaching is that I feel as a coach, one of your main job or the main job as a coach is to have a positive influence on the young men and women that you're working with beyond the sport that you're coaching and to prepare our kids for life after sports. Would you agree with this or disagree with that statement? Oh, definitely. I mean, I always tell my kids, I'm not just, I'm here to be your role model, but I'm also here to be your mold model. And therefore, I'm molding them into the young ladies that they are to be, and young men, because I've had managers also, but I'm molding them into becoming who they're going to become. And the things we do in basketball, the rules we ask them to do in basketball, the parameters that we set around basketball will take you further in life than not having those experiences. When we're teaching them discipline, when we're teaching them how to be on time, when we're teaching them that there's going to be adversity, when we're teaching them to persevere, even though everything's coming against you. We're trying to get these kids to have a full court press on life, not just a full court press and basketball. And, and, you know, basketball, I feel like can transcend from to into any existence. I mean, you're always trying to launch a full court press on life and anything. Heck, I had a full court press on my first marriage. And sometimes, You know, you're going to win sometimes. You're going to lose sometimes. Sometimes it, it, the game is going to seem like it's rigged against you. There's going to be referees out there that you're not going to like the calls they make, but how do I make it through those bad calls? How do I make it through that team is having a hot shooting night? It might be that coworker that's having everything is going well for them and it's not like it's going for you. You're, you're teaching them that, the difference between success and failure is how hard you work. And sometimes the harder you work, you might not get what you, you want to get out of it, but how do you persevere? How do you continue? How, how do you stay in the fight? How do you stay in the game? Yes, ma'am. I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. And, you know, I always say that sports more than anything builds more character in people than it, because it teaches you to, you have to be on the same accord with your teammates. Exactly. You have to follow the rules that your co- that your court your coaches set forth. Mm-hmm. And and then I remember, like Eric and I, we went to a, a small all boys Catholic school in Watts. Okay. And the cars was always stacked against us because of for one where the school was located. Okay. At, in the ba- in the bad part of Los Angeles. Two, the ninety. Eight percent of us was African Americans. So when we went to go play the schools, especially the the bigger schools or the more schools schools with um white kids or players on it, it was a really different dynamic. And so and and we knew this going into. So I tell people the funny because when the when the referees and all this stuff started cheating, what we did, we didn't complain. We just made the team pay for it that we was playing. We just made them pay for it, and and we got on and. You know, over the, Coach Trina, over the last 10 to 15 years, I'm going to say, I have noticed, especially when my daughter was playing, I was traveling over the, all over the states with her. I noticed we have more men coaching our young women, all the way from club ball to high school and college, than we do women. Why do you think or feel it's this way right now? You know, I always, I keep people laughing because I say, 
men act on confidence and you can take a male and he cannot have played for his high school team. He could have been the JV or the manager, but his Mm -hmm. confidence in knowing the game of basketball tells him, "I, I have the ability to do this. And so they walk out on this confidence that I can coach any game under any name with anybody. And I think as the money has gotten larger, you know, because the paychecks are getting larger with women's basketball or there's been more opportunity because, okay, every everyone wants a seat at the table. But when there's not enough seats at the men's table, these male coaches have had the opportunity to go over to the women's table. Mm, Whereas there's a difference there. They're invited over to the women's table. The, the, okay. the table is open for everybody to eat. Well, whereas at the men's table, we know to get a seat at that table, how much we have to go through. So I think the first thing is there's an opening, an openness for them. They can go there. I mean, it's not a closed door. It's not something they can't do. There's that confidence that I talked about. And then also, if you know, it's that mindset. Is that mindset of I'm going to go take this position and there's no female that can beat me because I am male. I mean, look at us. Just this week, we got our first female vice president in the whole United States of America since we existed. Yes, ma'am. So the ceiling, no matter what, a female is always going to be a female and thought to be a female, which means, you know, they're they're lesser. They're they they can't what I, uh, anything a man can do better. You know what Virginia Slims used to say: "We've come a long way, baby, but we haven't come far enough." Right, that that is absolutely true. And you know, and I didn't think about it like that because on that man's side, I think it's really, really more competitive. Far as you know, if you're gonna get this coaching job, and then on the women's side, it might not be that competitive. So you can always slide over to that side. And then another thing I noticed too, <clears throat> excuse me. On the men's side, how many programs have do you see them with assistant coaches that are women? <laughs> you notice I got silently. Yes, ma'am. You know, and so I'm like, wow. But and and this didn't really dawn on me until after you know traveling with Troy and and seeing this, and I'm and I walk in these gyms and I see all these programs and women programs, mm-hmm. and I like, and you barely see. A woman, you know, and it's 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 crazy. So I, you know, I wanted to touch on this a little bit, and then also, coach, you know, I read a report. It was dated May the third, twenty nineteen, and in the state that there are three hundred and fifty one Division one women's basketball programs, but out of all those three hundred and fifty one programs, only forty four programs have women of head coach which seems very low to me. Um, What are your thoughts on this? It's the same thing pretty much with that question of why are there so many men in women's sports? It's the same thing with the the women. I mean, we've got to want the opportunity and we've got to have the confidence to go get that opportunity and go take that helm. But we also got to have people trusting that if they hire a female, she can do the job because a lot of times, in sports, you have to have thick skin. You have okay. to be tough. Yes. You know, you have to be tough. When they think of women, they think of us being, we're, we got to be soft and we got to be sensitive and we got to be delicate. 
And in coaching, if you're soft, sensitive, and delicate, you're gonna get run over. Okay. So you've got to have tough skin and be and thick skin because you know the game is set up for male success. And so you've got to you you, you got to fight a harder battle. You you got you you're trying to push a car uphill. Because you've already got these strikes against you because just basic mindset is that a male is going to do it better. I mean, I've had, I I have a male assistant and there are times that I will say something and until my, I've been here this 21 years. (laughs) There are times my players will turn to the male assistant and he will say the exact same thing. But, I mean, just think about it. In our household, the woman can, the wife can say something to the kids a million times, but then all of a sudden daddy says something and, oh, it's lost. <laughs> so you got to, re- but you got to remember, this is deep seated. This is rooted. Th- this is the root. This is the foundation of right. how we live. So how can we expect to transcend that when it's coming in the households, it's coming in the workplace, it, it, it's coming everywhere. I mean, the, the salary gap is far and yes. point. It is. It so, is. So you're you're telling. I know sports transcends a lot of things, but you're telling sports to transcend what America, the world, the country's been about, where it's male dominated. Men do it better. All men are created equal, because all women wasn't put in there. There's still that basic mindset of that all men are created equal. And, and so, women, we got to keep fighting for our seat at the table. I feel like Pat Summit was one of the front run- runners. I'm not saying she was number one and she was the end-all, be-all. But Pat went head-to-head with Gino. She didn't back down the Gino. Yes, she didn't exactly. Tie down the Gino. So what Pat did was Pat pushed the door open to say, you know what? I'm not going to cower down just because it's Gino and it's a man and I'm supposed to stay in my place. She said, okay, let's go head to head, Gino, which that opened the door for Muppet to come and say the same thing. We're not going to cower down, which opened the door for a Kim Mulkey to say the same thing, Mm -hmm. which opened the door for Don Staley, who Mm -hmm. based on if you do the hierarchy is the lore of all of them based on, you know, American standards or our standards is the lowest, but it opened doors for these females to say, hmm, I can. Because when you're watching the Final Four, unfortunately, and you're talking amongst coaches, they literally will talk about, well, you got two males versus two females. Mm-hmm. Oh, three, yes, they three do. Fem- three, tell me you hadn't heard that. Three females yeah, are in the tournament. Will, will will the male come out? Because, you know, you've had three female coaches go up against Gino. Gino wins, and then all the good old boys, they're clapping their hands, high-fiving. Yeah, I do got out of there because, you know, they were amongst the girls' club. And until we get rid of those mindsets, uh-huh. that stinking thinking, I, I, I don't think we're going to progress as far as we need to yes i agree with you and and that's crazy that you met pat summit because when i started watching women basketball she was the first woman that i really liked watching and and in fact tennessee was my favorite team and i used to love those battles that she had with gino and then more importantly i used to love how she wasn't going to back down from him and 
and, and you know, so that was that's that's perfect. And then when 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 um when Muffy came along, I know I know I know she took a lot of slack when she said she ain't only gonna hire a number of female coaches. Mm-hmm. She took a lot of slack from that. But if you look at it, to me, especially when it comes to young women. You know, I tell people when you're, you're being recruited, and like I was telling Troy, we're going to look on their staff. If they only got one, two women coaches on their team, we're we not going to go to school there. Uh-huh. Because, because I feel like a man cannot teach a young lady how to be a young lady. It he pre- don't know. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. And you preach it. Yeah, and it, it is because you, a man don't know how to talk to a woman or a young lady tell them when she's on her menstrual cycle what to do and, and understand the moves that she go through. And so if you don't have several women on your staff coaching, then I feel like that's, that's a, a no win situation for a young lady walking into there. Uh-huh. Exactly. 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 Because you, like you said, you can't teach a woman to be a woman because you've never been a woman. Exactly. It's just like my husband can't tell me how I need to feel about my cramps. If you hadn't had it, don't talk about it. <laughs> or having a baby, right? <laughs> or, ha- or having a baby, you know? <laughs> because it's so easy to say, oh, if I, but, but if you've never experienced it, you don't know. Yes, and then we're ma'am. teaching these women to how to go out into the workforce. Just like I said earlier, out into the workforce, being a female. And for right. me, the majority of my players are minorities. It's not by ch- choice. I don't say, okay, I want a fully African-American team. Not by choice. But 360 degrees, I have to do battle because I can recruit people that are not minorities. But I've heard so many crazy excuses of why kids can't, why kids that are not African-American can't play for me. Right. And, you know, I'm going to key it come in one time she and her parents she moved in moved in the dorm was gung-ho she you know she was gonna be great for her team and her parents the next day met me in my athletic director's office and said well we're gonna transfer her to another school because there's not enough diversity at tjc and i'm like at t you know here the african at that point in time african-americans might have made up eight percent Okay. the whole college and for you to say okay. there wasn't enough diversity for me just be blunt tell me exactly how you really feel exactly and I would be more I, I'd be more inclined to be okay with it so you, you mm-hmm. gotta walk away mm-hmm. and you, you, you're 360 degrees you have to worry about what could happen in some way and you're gonna always be judged on you're gonna be judged on what you didn't do very, more than what you do did or what you do do well. Right, exactly, coach. And you know, and another statistic I read, coach, it said, you know, when it, especially when it comes to women's basketball division mm-hmm. one, less than less than twelve point five percent of the head coaches are African Americans. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this number is, is very low, given the fact that the majority of players are African Americans. Now, do we not have enough? African-American women that want to get into coaching or qualify to be coaches, why do you think there's such a, a big gap where we don't have too many coaches of color coaching our young ladies? I think a lot of it is because it's tough. It is, it is 
tough. You are held at a higher standard. You have to do more. You have to be more. You are, I don't want to say you're, well, you're judged at a, a, a higher standard without it being a statement, stated thing. But right. you know, you carry, when you're an African-American coach, you carry your females, especially as a female. I can only speak for me. But I I carry okay. every African-American female that's going to come behind me. So any mess up I make, it blocks their blessing down the road. Any way that I act, they're, they're not just going to say it's Trina. They're going to put it on the whole race. Everybody always gives me a hard time because they're like, you are too cool on the sideline. You don't lose your mind. You don't you don't panic. You don't do all that. Because the minute I panic or lose my mind, let, let's say this. The minute I go kill Moki on the sideline, what are they going to say about me? Yeah, exactly. They're going to say, oh, she's the belligerent, angry black woman. So 360 yes. degrees, I've got to keep my cool because... I know there are certain things that I'm not going to be able to do that a coach that's not like me is going to be able to do. So right. we, we have to have our eyes, our eyes dotted and our T's crossed. And we, we have to be better. We have to recruit strong because they're not just going to say Trina can't coach. Somewhere in the back of some people's mind is Trina can't coach because she's black. And they might not, it might not be said out loud. But you, right. in my head, that's what I hear the underlying. So that's mm -hmm. added pressure. Some people don't want that pressure. Right. Now, <clears throat> Coach Trina, do you think um, also that we don't have any program that's geared towards or to encourage African-American women to get into coaching and, and, and train them along the way to be prepared to eventually become a head coach at a program, even if it's at a small program, do we not have enough resources in place for our, our, our women of color? I personally don't think so. I mean, back when I got started in basketball, we had black coaches association. Um, right. We had people vying for, for us to get into coaching. I, but right now, you know, I, I'm a solution person. I mean, we can talk about the problems all day long, but what are the solutions behind, for the problems? I think at, its, at, at, at the minimum, if the few Black coaches that there are would get out there and mentor and bring in young Black coaches that want to become coaches, then we're growing the game. And right. we've got to be willing to get out there and when the NCAA or the NJCAA or whatever league you're in, when they're asking for African-American coaches to come speak or to be mentors or to be a part of certain groups, we need to get out there. Because I feel like a lot of the kids don't know that they can become coaches or, or black African-American coaches is they're not seeing. It. You don't know, you know, mm -hmm. I, I, I didn't believe I could be vice president until now I've seen a woman and a black woman be, become the vice president. So I think it's that visualization. Too. And with that vis visualization, they start to see it. But then when you're listening to those comment commentators, those commentators have got to give African-American coaches the credit that they're they're due. 
And instead of saying she's got a bunch of exes, you could you can listen to commentators talk about a game. And if it's one coach, they're talking about, oh, she's phenomenal with the X's and O's and she's strategic and she's probably one of the best defenders. And But then when you hear them talk about like a Don Staley and she's got these great athletes and these great athletes can do some athletic things. You know, at one point in time, they were saying she just got to get her an X's and O's coach with her. No, you've got to that three sixty. You, if you're going to get into this game, you got it's got to be three sixty. It, it's it's X's and O's, it's Jills and Joes. It's about all of it because we're being weighed, we're being measured, we're being watched, and we are a walking resume for that next kid to come. And in being right. that walking resume for that next kid to come, we got to also mentor them and say, come on, kiddo, this is what you got to do. And I feel like some of the older coaches need to call out some of the younger coaches when they're doing things that are not conducive to us being set, set up for success. Right, exactly. And, and you know, and that's why, like, today, that's why I, I love Don Staley because people don't realize the heck of a player yes. that he was. And 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 where and I guess because of her background, how she grew up, she got that mental toughness that she just not gonna let you break her. And, and so that's why you know you know you hear certain people saying about her and and you know and it's funny when it's when it comes to a a, a coach of color, it always boils down to is not how great of a coach they are. Is it always won't seem like like you said a few minutes ago. It's the talent that that he or she has on her squad is why they're good, and that and and my thing is, coach, you can have all the talent in the uh -huh. world, but if you don't, but if you don't know how to coach that talent, it's going to do you no good. Exactly. If you don't know how to get the best out of them, I I, I mean, exactly. I I tell people all the time. They say, "What are you doing, coaching? What's your motto in coaching?" I'm like, my job is to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. <laughs> it, it, it really is and I don't know if I can cuss on your program but I mean but, you okay, can do but it I, you know my job is to make chicken salad out of chicken shit and if I can make the worst kids or, or a kid that might not be as talented as another program might get if I can make them believe have the confidence in themselves and I can instill in them that perseverance if I can instill in them that hard work and that drive that determination and I can tell them just because you're expected to be this stereotypical person. You don't have to be that person. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I, I'm a firm believer. You got to play the game. I'm not going to get on the radio. I'm not going to talk and you know, and what, what, you know, no, 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 no. But we've got to transcend the stereotype because walking in is stereotypical. And people can say all day long what, what they think. But if they walk in and they watch two teams warm up and one team is diverse and one team is all of something, they automatically are saying, mm. you walked into an AAU tournament and said, oh, this team about to kill this team. Right. <laughs> or they're about, uh, they're about to shoot lights out. Or, or this yeah. kid, these kids don't miss free throws. We've heard it all. And, and yes, that's the umbrella and the notions we have to get off from under. It's those preconceived mm. notions that if you are this, you're going to be able to do this. If you are this, you're going to be able to do that. And I think that's the holdback. That's what is keeping from you from seeing more minority coaches. That's what you, 
people are okay with it because no one's bucked the system or no one said, you know what, I'm going to transcend this. I mean, I'm not going to say no one, but right. not enough because the percentages, the yes. percentages are still low. Yes, that 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 is exactly right. And you know, and and, it's, and another thing I'll be getting about coaches, coach, I, and I've been reading. You know, I read. You know how all these coaches today. You know they talk about kids and their parents for leaving their program and going to another <laughs> program. And, you know, and it, and it kills me. And this is one of the reasons why I started the podcast, because I always, when I was coaching, I always felt like if a parent or a kid felt like, hey, Coach Everett, I think my son needs to go over here and play with this team for whatever reason. Coach Trina, I never held a grudge against a kid or a parent. For that. If, if that's what my whole thing was, I wanted the best. And if it's planned, and if it's planned for somebody else, then fine. And I just can't understand why all these coaches are on social media, even some parents as well, are on here bashing these kids, these programs. I just can't understand that, coach. (laughs) You know this dang portal. (laughs) Yes, this dang portal. I feel like this dang portal has changed the game. It's afforded the option. Back in the days, you stuck. No matter if you liked it, if you hated it, you either quit or you you stuck through it and you persevered. And I have survived 100% of the worst things that have ever happened to me to this day right now. But Mm -hmm. with the portal, I, I, I understood what they were doing. But now what it's done is the minute things aren't perfect, I run. Yes. It, it, the minute mm-hmm. things aren't perfect, I run. And is that teaching? It, it, when you get in your work world, when you take a job, are you going to be able to p- jump in the portal on your job? If exactly. you get a medical diagnosis that you don't like, are you going to be able to say, you know what? I don't like this cancer diagnosis. I think I'll sneak over here and do this. One. No. But it's not helping you. Hey, you know what? How do I fight? How do I how do I make it through this situation? How do I use this situation as to make me stronger? Because back in the day, back in the right. days, if somebody threw, threw dirt on you, you shook it off, you put it under your feet, and you 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 allowed it to help you climb higher to get out of a hole if you were in a hole. <laughs> yes, that's true. And then, you know, I think a, a, a part of the problem is just like when I very first started this podcast, I used to tell people and parents and players, part of the problem we have and, and why with this portal is here and a lot of people like this, because from the very beginning, you guys didn't select the cor- correct program mm-hmm. to go to, you know, and, 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 I, and I gave people this, this example. If you what you consider to be a quote unquote um traditional point guard where you look in the past and set your teammates up and play defense on but you're not a scorer why would you go to a program to ask a point guard to score because you're not that's not what you are you know and then that's how we get all these issues with these players leaving uh-huh. the parents is upset so and, and and it's a whole big dynamic the only thing that i truly like a, about the portal which i thought has been unfair for 30, 40 years is that I feel like 
it is unfair for if a kid does leave a, a program that that kid got to sit yeah. out uh-huh. a year before they can play. But if a coach leave, he or she is automatically <laughs> can can coach. And I think the same thing. If a coach have three years or four, four years left on their contract, and they oh because UConn can't open, I'm going to go take that job. No. You shouldn't be able to do that, but that's just how it is. And I think that's, you know, to me, I think that has always been an issue for me is, you know, you, you penalizing this kid and maybe they did make a mistake. Maybe just like, um, what's her name? Ellen, Ellen is in the WMA. She was uh-huh. UConn, but she felt, she felt like, Hey, this is not me. This is the too big of an environment. It's not that I couldn't play, but she just realized. And so she went home to, and, and played at Delaware and, and look at her now. <laughs> You know, it, it happens. But you, you, you are, you're right here preaching to the choir right here. Because I see this a lot with my program and in junior college, and I'm nowhere near those programs caliber at all. I'm not even putting myself there. But what you do is you see kids go to a name instead of making the decision: Can I go to this program and make my own name? I can. I can go to right. this name brand, and I can blend in. And yes, we will have success. But do you want to go where your name, where you are, you are the superstar and we wrap yes, this program ma'am. around you. When I'm looking for recruits, I, I'm sorry, I'm not selfish enough to say that in 21 years of not having placed kids that all of a sudden I'm going to get a superstar or a bunch of superstars. I'm not going to have a team with 13 superstars or 13 transfers from D1 or 13. I'm going to mix it up. To me, if I have three to four really, really good caliber superstars and I can add in those hardworking kids that kind of got left out of the yes. equation or and then I can add a kid that, you know, didn't like her tra- her experience at this level. And if I can add that and make a team out of, like I said, making that chicken salad, if I can do that, then I'm coaching, I'm being strategic, I'm helping these kids. But I lose a lot of kids because they need to go to brand A school or they need that or they get caught up in the hype of this school or they get caught up in the hype or they, you know, we're going to have these shoes, that shoes and all that stuff. But the thing my kids can tell you is once you come to Tyler Junior College, you are a family. And I am, I am, I'm not vested in you for just these two years. I'm vested in you all the way through. I get mad if you don't have your degree. If you don't have your degree, I've got a kid right. that went to LSU and she's married to an ex-Dallas Cowboy. And until she gets her that, that degree, she's like six hours short. I'm all over her to go right. get those six hours. Yes, I'm arrogant. I, I, I want my graduation rate to stay in the 90 percentile. So therefore, I need her to go get yes. the diploma. I'm a pusher. I'm in it more than just about basketball. But you get these coaches out there that just – uses them for basketball. When basketball's gone, they're gone, and they could care less about those kids. I want my kids to know that they can put me on their resume. If don't Now, don't call me if you get in jail. I'm not going to have that. But, I, but you know, when I have <laughs> letters to, you know, I've had to write a letter to a prison just to tell a kid, keep your head up. But right. I'm not in it for just the basketball thing. Because if you're in it for just the basketball thing, you're going to kill. You want to kill yourself because – basketball and being a basketball coach will make you feel some kind of way all the time. But your motivation has yes, got to be more for the livelihood of the kid. And what is this kid going to be like 10 years from now? And did she take something that Trina taught her 
into 10 years from now? Mm-hmm. Did she take something into 20 years from now? Did she take something for 30? And when she's at my funeral, I want her to be able to say, Coach T taught me this. I'm not worried about her saying, well, Coach T taught me this set that we could run. And no. Because right. in all be all, when I walk into the gates of heaven, God's not going to say, Trina, the only way you can get in is your win-loss record is at this percentile. Right. But <laughs> that what, is what, what he is right. going to want to know is, did I was my win-loss with making my players character human beings? And did I try yeah, that, and that did I it. try and push them the right way? Now there are some that walk away from mm-hmm. me that just hates me to no end. But then they'll come back ten years from now, Coach. I get what you were saying. Well, you know what? I'm not in it. I'm not ever in it to lose a game, and I'm not ever in it to take the soul out of a kid. Never. Yes, that 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 is extremely important. And Coach Trina, the last question I have for you, um, in your humble opinion, being a coach means what? I would say it means sacrifice. And to me, it means sacrificing what I want now for what I want more. And my Bible says, what profits a man to gain the world and lose his soul. I could have had a national championship since I've been at Tyler. I don't have one. I've been here 21 years. But I've had to sacrifice my values, who I am as a person, and what type of product I want to put out there for winning that title and being able to compete at the elite level. Because I'm not willing to do some of the stuff some people have to do to be successful. And so am I sacrificing, you know, having that, those accolades and all of that? I think sometimes I have to, but in the end, I can sleep with myself. And I'm comfortable with myself. And and when I get my, my my 500 wins, which that's, you know, that's my next goal I'm looking at, I can honestly say me and my staff did this. Me, my staff, my players did this. I didn't have to be handed players. Nobody had to set Trina up. Uh, this school, she fed this, this, and this. I have one school that's gotten three of my players. I have never asked them for a player back. I've asked them, do they know of any kids out there? But I've never asked them, sit a kid here. I, I've told them, you know, if you have somebody else, but I, I, it's not a requirement because the God keeps blessing me in spite as long as I continue to right. do what's right. And, and so as an right. African-American female, I feel like we got to do what's right because we don't land on our feet. We can't get fired tomorrow and be at another D1 two days from now. I, I yeah, get fired from Tyler Junior College. NJCAA is not going to give me a job tomorrow. No. Right. It, it, my name is going to be much. But you see other coaches land on their feet. They can do the most dirt and still land on their feet. So I know that. So for me, it's sacrifice. And I'm sacrificing for future generations because I don't want Tyler Junior College when I leave here to say, I can't hire a Precious. I can't hire a Tiffany. I can't hire, you know, I can't hire another African-American female because Trina made it so horrible that 
We don't want right. to go back to that well. No, I want them to go back to that well tomorrow. Saying, oh, our last black female coach, we loved her so much, we want to give another one of those. <laughs> yeah. But, but that, that's, that's right. got to be the same way well, with the players. It's got to be the same way with the coaches. It's got to be the same everywhere. You got to put it in a situation where right. they are they want to come back to the well. Yes, ma'am. Well, Coach Trina, I really, truly appreciate you um, coming on and talking to me this morning. And also for all you coaches that's out there that's doing things the right way, um, I wish you guys continued success. And Coach Trina, I always wish you and your program success. And um, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. All right, now stay tuned for episode four in a couple of weeks. Bye bye. Bye bye. Take care. Okay.